Hello, this is Murphy and Friends. I want to share greatness to you. I don't know what you think greatness is, but I'm talking about two women. I doubt if they know each other. Die within three days of each other. One woman was my daughter's friend. They worked together. They were partners together and they worked for the school system and they followed each other when they wanted to change schools to another school. I'll just use their first names. One, first one who died suddenly, as Reverend Cle Cleveland would say, here today, gone today. She was in school Friday and Friday afternoon after school. She had a massive heart attack. 65 years old. A Trump supporter. And I know when you hear Trump, I know I do. It sends a chill down my spine. She was an Italian Catholic American. She taught in a middle school in the Bronx. And what many of my daughters have told me, people do not want to work in the Bronx. They'll work anywhere but the Bronx. The Bronx does not have a good reputation. She had three children, worked in the Tremont section of the Bronx, in a middle school, and she's been there 12 years in the Bronx. I know when I hear the name of Trump, it kind of jerks me. But I learned a long time ago, because somebody is not the same political theory as I, does not make them out of bounds. She died, and the outpouring of people was enormous. You stand in line and waited to get in. And I know when I was there, I went to the wake. I went to the seven o'clock wake. You stood in line. So I'm assuming that's basically people from her school. But I was told the two o'clock was the same. People waiting to get in, pay their respects. I asked my daughter, how was she with the kids? She loved the kids, I'm told. She made them feel good about themselves. She brought things for the kids. And the kids were uncontrollably sad when she died. It was a shock to all of us. But I put that out there because I, I, I don't know any more about her than what I'm saying, telling you right now. Her funeral, I went to her funeral too, was awesome. Her celebration of life.
Her three children, her mom and cousins were there. That speaks to her being great. The dictionary definition was somebody who is selfless. It's inherent for them to be great. They motivate people. They lead people. You're saying, well, she's just a teacher in the Bronx, middle school, and people have an idea of what Tremont Avenue is, who is not, who is from New York. A lot of people don't even want to be there. But she was there, encouraging her children, motivating her children. And you know and I know, if one dies, people will let you know how they feel about you. No one will be at your funeral. You'll be there by yourself and maybe some relatives, but that's it. So Robin, rest in that you know you've done so much. For, you have touched the heart of children for the past 12 years. You made them love school. And sometimes, for many of them, the only kind of affection that they get is from you. She went to my daughter's shower. She went to my daughter's wedding. So I can't separate her because she's a Trump supporter. All I can do is embrace her. She had, she has no reason to go. She has no horse in, in the game. She was a great human being. And that's what we have to look for in people. Look for their greatness. And she was one of them. 65 years old. Everybody saw her on Friday before last and died when she got home. Reverend Cleveland says here today, gone today. But her legacy, those kids in that school will remember her until they're 80 or 90 years old. They'll remember a teacher that was good to them, that talked about their goodness. So I'm going, as I said, I knew so little about her, but the outpouring at the funeral says a lot. The two dashes, the one at the beginning and the one at the end, marks the fact that you're here and marks the fact that you're gone. But between those dashes is what's important. Between those dashes, you can say that you're a great person, well, a person that nobody cares about, and, and you frighten them. but I'm proud to have met her a few times in my life. And I know that when they have parties in the school, she supplies food, she does so much for these children. Robin, we love you. I love you. I love people who are like you. And everyone out there should thank Robin for loving our children. From what I understand, many people do not like to come to the Bronx, 
but she loved our children. Next, I want to talk about Ambassador Frances Welch. She was 95 and worked until the day before because she died in her sleep Tuesday night. And she told her niece that I was coming to pick her up from church, Bible classes, and we were going out to lunch right after. And thank you for having me in your mind. 95, I'm not sure was she born in Harlem or in Yonkers. Her father was Caribbean, her mother an African-American. Her father was in World War I. And before he died, he died, he had four daughters and he died very young, right after the war. He wrote a letter to his daughters telling them what he expected of them. And his daughters fulfilled his wish. Ambassador Welch was one of the oldest. It was a sister older. Her sister Margaret I met and did we, I did a uh, cable show on her. Uh, but we can't find it, and I know all this excitement, she won't be able to find it. So I did a second one. She was born with a direction to do well in life. Her sister Margaret died about six years prior to her. Another gentle human being. Margaret was a chemist at Columbia University, and I understand she taught. And she was probably in her late 80s, but worked every day from what I understand. Genius. How did I know these two women? Well, in 1999, someone asked me to do a, um, a project on blacks in Westchester. I said, okay. And many people, because I did it in New Rochelle and Rye, but many people in White Plains said, you've got to speak to Miss Frances Welch. Now, I had heard about Miss Welch. She was a teacher in the school that my first two children went to. And all I heard about her was that she was a great teacher. I didn't say this. People who had their children in the school told me she was a great teacher. That excited me. So I got her address and went to her house and said in a meekish form, because I hear so much about this incredible woman, uh, could you, uh, I'd like to interview you uh, because I've been asked to do a, a project on people who from Westchester. She says, well, I have my family over here now. I said, no, 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 we can make an appointment and I could come back at any time. She said, no, you come in now. Still shaking. I see these people sitting at the dining room table 
she and her sister had an, an impeccable house. And I, yeah, I said hi, and they told me about the Welch, just because they were all one clan. And it started, as I say, in Harlem, and the mother was from Westchester, and they moved back, but the father died. As I said, he wrote a letter to them, and she told me when they came to Yonkers, they had a slush bucket. And I didn't know what a slush bucket was, so you you will do your research and find out what a slush bucket is. They told me that there was a ferry that connected Rockland to Yonkers. Impressed, impressed. But I began to know it as a human being. College was not on the table for blacks at that time. And she worked in factory, and I assume her sister did too, on Sawmill River Road. And you can see, once you go there, if you're in Yonkers, from Yonkers Avenue, no, Ashburton Avenue, down to, I can't, I don't remember the certain part. Those were factories, big factories. The buildings are still there. And she was making things for World War II. And somehow she met this person who asked her if she can do some housework for her, for him. And then he noticed how smart she was. And she was accepted into Hunter College. Well, Hunter College may not mean anything if you're listening to me from Ohio or New Orleans. It doesn't mean anything. But of the city colleges, that was ranked the best. Just like Albany College, where my son went to, was ranked one of the best. Bar none. Bar, bar uh, private colleges, it was the best. And still has that reputation. So uh, she started college. I think she went at night. And she couldn't get a job teaching in the city she grew up in. Yonkers is the fifth largest city in New York. She couldn't get a job. They had enough Negroes there that one more would have been too many. The dichotomy of this is that she was chosen to represent as an ambassador to one of the Scandinavian countries. I think it was Denmark. I might be totally wrong. She was an ambassador and couldn't work from Yonkers and couldn't work in the Yonkers school system. So she got a job in Fieldston. Fieldston, for many people, know that that's a private upper income school. And she was able to work there for years. And she talked about that she was a teacher of uh, Simon, Carly Simon. And she was proud of that. Still couldn't get a job in Yonkers school system. But she got one in White Plains, one of the few blacks that worked in White Plains. Yonkers was kind of 
upset now because they lost a person who was an ambassador, worked at Fieldston School, uh, and worked at uh, now at White Plains School System. So she and her sister Margaret moved to White Plains, and they, oddly enough, they had a house next to Schraff. For those who are very young and those who are not from New York, Schraff was a restaurant, I'd say, uh, I'm trying to figure out, a, probably like a Olive Garden, talking about the kind of people who come there. Not fancy, but my mother told me as a child, you don't buy anything from them, they don't like blacks. Period. And she lived next to them, and I, they believed and treated her as if they had horns. But once they began to know her, they were very, very kind. That's what I'm hearing from her. I still, if, if the restaurant was in, served today, if it wasn't closed today, I still wouldn't go. And they had one of their headquarters or restaurants on Westchester Avenue off across Westchester. So she's moving up. She is loved by so many people that she worked with. And she worked in a section of White Plains which was fairly very white. And a principal asked her to come with her to Battle Hill. And that's how I heard about her. She, she, her reputation was so strong, so everything. And then she goes back into history and talk about her grandmother, who was part of the Reconstruction era. <laughs> She's incredible. She's got I don't know about the older sister, but I know the one that's younger than her taught at Columbia. The other sister was a concert piano. Pianist, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, she got, the sister got Huntington's disease. And Ambassador Welch did everything she could to find out, what is this Huntington's disease? She saw her sister every week. I can't tell you for how many years. For at least about 15 to 20 years. And she learned more and more about Huntington's disease. And it just consumes your body till you're not able to talk anymore. Your muscles. But I don't know that much, so I won't say. So all of her sisters had talents that most of us dream of having. Ambassador Welch and her sister Margaret never had children because they recognized that type of disease was in the family, I believe on the mother's side. She said once she found out about the disease, she recognized some of the behaviors of some of her relatives. So she chose not to 
have children. Her sister, who worked at Columbia, had died from a kidney ailment that apparently was not diagnosed. Though she lived to be about 85 or 86, you would never know it if you saw her. Never. They proud themselves on going to Messiah Baptist Church and then Union Baptist. She was involved, both of them were involved in AXEL, a program by NAACP that looked for, identified prodigies in math, science, uh, music. One of those young men went to Manhattan School of Music and now he's graduated and he has his own uh, ensemble that he goes around with. So she was involved in that. Once her sister died, it was difficult for her to manage a full house and she had a minor crash, but she was not able to drive again because she had to be in her very late 80s, maybe 88, 89. Sharp as a whip. I would take her with me to Bible class. And she'd sit there, look at the minister, and then ask profound questions. If A equals B, well, why doesn't it equal C? I said, uh-oh, this sister knows something. Right after her sister died, if I saw her in church, if I took her home, she would say, come on in. And I couldn't understand. She was lonely. There was only one sister that had a child, and that child was in, I believe, North Carolina. So she was lonely and asked me to come on in. She'd cook. Her house was immaculate. She somehow interacted with Eleanor Roosevelt. She had all of these things going for her, but it was a point where she had to give it up and go into a uh, assisted living facility. She continued to do things for so many people. For Bethel Baptist, she made pillow dresses. And when, I, when I, they told me that, I said, where's a pillow dress? The young woman at the front desk would take her to church with her occasionally, or when the church had an activity. For uh, me, I don't think it was just for me. <laughs> for me, she made a little uh, tissue bags that you put tissue in. That's what she did for me. And for, uh, she made so many things. Her last few things she made, I'm so glad she gave me one, was jewelry. And it, she learned how to make jewelry, what, 94? And she gave to me, gave me three or four pieces, and I gave two to my niece, no, my grandchild. And I have one, and I'm glad I have that one. She was a source of energy, a source of creativity. 
from what I understand, for one of the members of the church, his daughter, she did things for her in terms of doing things that were creative. Because she lost or misplaced, I won't say that, uh, the disc that I did, a second disc I did because she had lost the first one. It may not be as good as the first one, but we do have it. And her life will be for everyone knows forever. Forever. It will be ingrained in so many people. What somebody whose family was very poor, she talked about if they didn't have the rent, of, they would have to move, or they move many times. Talk about a person who they use slush buckets for toilets. And all of that, she made it. She and her three sisters made it, did what their father asked them to do. Be strong, make the world proud of you, and they did it. I was supposed to pick her up Wednesday to go to Bible class. And I called the facility and I said, please uh, tell Ambassador Welch to be ready at 11.30 so I can take her up for Bible class. And I get a phone call five minutes later from her niece, the only child from these four women saying she had died in her sleep. And I guess you say, she was 95. Yeah, she was. Sharp as a tack. Heart of gold. And is the definition of greatness. Selflessness. Motivation. Inherent in her... DNA, bright as a whip, golly, I'm proud to have known her, I'm proud to have known both women, selflessness, that's what I got from the, from the dictionary, that is greatness, to do for people that you don't even know. And you may never know them. Certainly the people that I gave some of those, uh, her creations to in, in uh, Africa and in the school I worked in for a very short period. Certainly we can remember those people. And I'm glad to have known and to touch the hand of greatness be it Robin or be it Ambassador Frances Welch. I'm so proud of her. And when she died, when I was told she was had died and I was getting ready to pick her up, it felt like someone took a two by four and hit me in the stomach. And she lived, and she lived for as a model 
to all of us who are still living, to all of us who have a superior ability in us but has not tapped it. It should, these two women should be a lesson for all of us. And I hope those who are out there listening to this don't let age bother you. Don't let a person's uh, political affiliation bother you. Let's see what's in their hearts. Let's see what they have given to the world. I've met people in organizations that are supposed to be giving. I don't have no money for that. And I say, where is the Christ in them? Where is the love for fellow person in them? And these two women gave. And I guess God said you got to get home now. You've done your deed. I hope I can live up to the tradition of other women. I want to say, Miss James, I told her about the death of Ambassador Welch. And she said, come over here and hug me. She's not a big woman. Matter of fact, I knew her before I knew Miss Welch. My children went to union care, daycare. And she says, you are a wonderful person. And I get, I get kind of boozy about that because I'm just doing what God has chosen me to do. If you want to respond to this podcast, my email is t. N O N A four five at gmail dot com. T as in Teresa, N as in November, O N A forty five at gmail dot com. Thank you, thank you for listening to me. When you have my email, please write and say what you like, what you don't like, what you would like me to talk about. And I know all of you have greatness in you. Please find it within yourself. God only made beautiful things, and the devil made the rest. Peace, love. Goodbye.